Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. This podcast is now brought to you by Bracken.Design, an assets company that are now giving Creative Waffle listeners 20% off if you use code WAFFLE20 at checkout. With Bracken, there's no limited PSD templates or Photoshop actions that will rasterize your type. This means that they're really easy to use and they can give your work that little extra edge, especially when you're creating sports graphics, textures are absolutely key and using premium textures can really set you apart. So there's a link down in the description below. And if you use WAFFLE20 at checkout, then you'll get 20% off. Please do go and check them out. They're well worth using in your work. And with that 20% discount, they're absolute steal. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much for doing this as well. I really, really appreciate you, uh, you coming on to chat, chat about your work and uh, chat about design and football. Uh, I'm sure we chat a lot about football as well on this podcast. Yeah, um, so yeah, I've been like checking out a bit and was looking pretty cool. Yeah, it's sad that Italy aren't in the World Cup because I, I love watching Italy. Yeah, well, you know, we're, we're, I'm gonna watch after after this uh, bit of the the second game today. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you watch the Wales game? Sorry. Did you, did you watch the Wales game that's just happened? Yes, I watched like the last 20 minutes, so I think uh, it was <laughs> it was the good time to to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, right? Like crazy end to the game. Yeah, I was sorry for for uh, for Wales. Uh, I know one player there, so <laughs> I was sorry for. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hi. Who, who do you know in Wales? Hey, I'm Padu. Hey, hey. Oh yeah, Ethan Ampadu, yeah. Yeah, because he played in Venezia last year, so yeah. Oh, no way, that's wicked. I didn't know that. So do you, do you, uh, do, you do you build up quite a good relationship with the players then? Yeah, yeah, mostly because I mean, um, you know, like as a, as a work as team photographer for for Venezia, you know, like you are involved like like weekly with them. Uh, if it's not a training pitch, it's some activities. Then you know you have the games, so. It depends on you know the situation, but you see them at least like twice a week. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that to get comfortable and close to the players, you, they need to trust you and get to know you a bit more. And yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Good stuff. Yeah, you have a good um, you know you have good access. You know, and also like we are like a, not a big club, so everything is more more local than you know having like uh, i don't know 20 people working in communication you know and uh, yeah what's the size and the scale of the club like how, how big how many people do you reckon are working there in in in, in total or uh, in yeah yeah mm, that's a good question uh i think in the office maybe there are like uh, around 20 people but only 20 people yeah yeah probably yes like in the office you know like you have you know three four people administration some you know maybe you have like uh operations you have three or four uh communication you have maybe four four people and then you have like merchandising you have three guys you have like ticketing and uh Match day, other three or four, you know, like keep going. So, yeah. and then you have like this, like sporting side. Obviously, it's like uh, you know all the youth sector, women's sector, 
you know, like first team and you know, like yeah. So, but, yeah. but it's not it's not like huge, you know. So, so you keep busy. Yeah, family film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, we'll definitely get on to the, uh, the the football stuff and and your work. But uh, for the audio listeners and the, and the audience, please, can you give a bit of an introduction on who you are? Uh, sure. So. So I'm working as a um, like freelance photographer, uh, and like uh, at the moment I'm focusing um, a lot about football, um, which has not been my first uh, my first like uh, my first uh, sector of uh, focusing of working. Uh, before I had like a like a journalist background. Um, you know, like uh, I was more into like uh, reportage, like shooting portraits, working with uh, a magazine, newspaper, and so on. You know, and I graduated. Uh, I have like an MA in um, in uh, documentary photography uh, in London at the London College of Communication. So that's is my like first uh, first step into photography probably like in a professional way and uh, and recently in uh, 2017 i was uh, living abroad and i moved back to venice and like a bit randomly i started going to the football games uh, of the venezia at the time it was the third division and uh, uh, there was a new coach, uh, Filippo Inzaghi, so I thought it was going to be cool to to go. And instead of just watching the game, you know, in the, in the Tribune, as I have the press card, I started shooting football um, uh, at the time, mostly like for me as a freelance. And then the, the year after, um, the club has been promoted in second division and they were looking for a new club photographer. So that's my journey. That's where my journey started with uh, with Venezia since then. And so probably like it was my you know my my professional step like into into football. Um, plus like um, last year with uh, with some friends we started our own company. So we have a like a communication agency and we are focused on. Um, um, communication at 360 degrees for uh, mostly for football players. Uh, we have uh, a few Italian football players from Serie A, and we work with um, with a football agent, and we do everything for them, starting from like um, shooting the games, uh, all the for all the contents uh, on uh, outside the pitch. We do communication uh, like sponsorship and all the creative things. So yeah. That's more or less my my background. <laughs> nice. So let's break that down a bit. Uh, so, did you grow up in Venice? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm from Venice. I grew up here. So yeah, it's a cool environment, especially when you are a kid. You have yeah. much more freedom rather than other cities. So uh, having your parents worried if you know you jump into like the traffic or like a car coming to you. So. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, that must be a beautiful place to grow up and uh, and live, and you know, completely different yeah. to anything that I would know of. So, <laughs> yeah, amazing. How has that uh, influenced your work at all? Um, is it quite? Has it made quite a, a difference? Um, sorry, can you repeat? Well, how, how has uh, growing up and living in Venice uh, influenced your work? 
Well, I think you know you have a lot of uh, you have a lot of freedom to go around. I think the city itself is uh, giving you a lot of uh, opportunities to you know to mm, like see a city in a, in a different ways. The fact that you know like mostly here you have to to walk. Um, like most of the time or you get into a boat, you know, um, probably gives you a different perspective rather than, you know, like uh, uh, like driving around with a, in a car and, uh, you know, or using like uh, buses or, you know, anything is to go around the city. So, so um, starting from that, plus it's a city with, uh, you know, a lot of visitors coming. So there is somehow always something uh, going on even if the city is, uh, is small itself, you know, but uh, I think it's a, it's a good environment to grow up. Plus, is, uh, Venice is, uh, has been always, like, recognized as an art city. You know, we have the, the Venice Biennale, and we have a lot of, like, uh, exhibitions, events uh, around the year, so probably that can, can, can help you with, um, you know, with having, like, a uh, a uh, different point of view, especially if like uh, art focused. Yeah, absolutely. What, what's uh, what's a tip for anyone coming to Venice? Uh, do you have any tourist tips? Uh, my, well, like my tip as egoistic one is to avoid to come at the moment, <laughs> just because we have too many people. You know, after COVID, that um, we had the city was empty. It was it was like amazing to like to have like the people living here coming back and feeling like you know we we, we are the real citizen at, at the moment but then like you know the, 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 all the business starts again and uh, um, probably is the best time is to avoid like summertime especially it's super crowded it's, uh, it's super warm and you know like probably you will not get like as pleasant experience as you might uh, as you might get Probably the best is to come like maybe April, May. The weather is uh, is getting better, and there is not already like a big wave of tourists coming into into the city. But so yeah. I mean, but the city itself, if you've never been at least once in life, uh, you know, it should be on uh, your wish list of places to go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's on a lot of people's uh, top lists to visit. I mean, it's such a beautiful city and very photogenic as well. You can. You can take a lot of uh, a lot of beautiful photos there, a lot of beautiful buildings, and uh, yeah, it's an interesting point about the perspective. Because I, whenever I walk around London, I'm, all, I'm normally looking up at the, at the skyscrapers and at the buildings and at the, you know, the yeah. glass, the, the whole tall brick and glass that's uh, next to you. Is it quite a tall city as well, or is or is it is it quite flat? Not, and no, it's not that tall. It's not that tall. We don't have yeah. skyscrapers, you know. But I mean, the city is. Uh, uh, I mean, the city is uh, super old. So everything here is uh, is not that you can build a new something new here, you know. You can touch a brick without having like uh, all the institution, you know, stopping to to make changes, you know. Like um, there are a lot of limitations. So so the city is more or less is more or less um, like not 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 so high, you know. There are some some areas of the city where there were not so many limitations but are very 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 few uh, in which they've been able to to build especially in some islands uh, they've been able to build some new constructions but uh, in a general point of view like the the city remains as you can see since um, you know like 
like I would say like a few centuries. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I've got uh, my my wife is American and she finds it crazy that some of the buildings in London are that old. And, you know, going over to Venice and seeing that yeah. in person would be as just mind blowing to her because yeah, you know, coming from a country which is really young, it, like America, it's uh it's a big difference, right? It's a big, big stark difference. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So, how did you find London? What what did you think of it? Well, uh, I mean, it's a city I love. Uh, I was there two years. Uh, you know, I spent my time at university at the moment, so it was like a, some also like a funny, you know, funny experience, especially when you're a student. Um, maybe I I will not I will maybe one day I will come back. You know, yeah, you never know in life. But um, I think the problem London is facing at the moment is uh, you know is becoming like uh, unaccessible for for anyone, probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you need to work uh, work a lot to allow yourself to live in London. <laughs> That's the feeling I have. Oh yeah. yeah. Unless you don't work in finance, probably, or um, you know, like. Uh, if you if you're like a creative and you work in London, you must be you must be like super successful. Um, you know, like uh, uh, the, the the price uh, the price of houses renting is uh, skyrocketing like since uh, since many years. And I think like uh, since I left, they probably increase a lot more. Um, but apart from that, I think it's a, you know it's a very cool city. You can find everything, a lot of different cultures together. Um, so yeah, um, you know I definitely recommend it as experience for for anyone. Yeah, what's uh, I'm interested in this now because like, what's the, um, the average price rent for two two bedroom flat in Venice? <laughs> two, I don't know, maybe I don't know, like. Uh, uh, maybe it's like a like a like a flat with around maybe 70 square meter. Michael's around a thousand thousand two hundred euros per month, something mm. like that. Starting from that Just, depends, you know, in in the area you are and you know yeah. uh, how's the flat. If it's you know it's a uh, it's like a bright flat, a dark flat. But I would say an average. Of the, that amount of money, maybe between a thousand and a thousand five hundred. Is it much more in Milan? Is it is it a big difference from the from the one of the main cities? Sorry, can you repeat? Sorry, yeah, is it a big difference from from Milan or Milan and Rome? Do they have similar rent prices? Well, Milan probably Milan and Rome they have very expensive rents as well. Milan uh, Milan probably at the moment is is on the top three cities uh, which are super expensive you know now, not, not as much as london but it's like the same if you want to find uh, you know a room in milan probably like six six hundred euro is uh it, it could be like a price or you know like if you want to find one bedroom apartment maybe at least like uh, around a thousand probably uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a real estate uh, <laughs> expert. Yeah, it's what I hear from from friends. Uh, that's more or less, and I think Rome as well. Uh, you know, as the capital, uh, a lot of people are looking for something. So, you know, depends what you do and you know in which area you want to live. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just very interesting to hear from different perspectives around the world. 
because uh, yeah, obviously London's probably for a two-bedroom flat. So it's well, like this one is sort of getting near two thousand pounds, you know. So it's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> but uh, anyway, anyway, enough about real estate. Um, so your so your job and uh, now and in your your agency, how much time are you spending on each sort of stuff? Are you more focused on the agency stuff? Or are you more focused on the photography for the football club? Uh, I would say it's like 50-50 more or less, you know. Uh, nice. It's a good it's a good combination of things. Uh, so with the agency, uh, you know, like I'm mostly f- taking care of the uh, like the the football, the games we follow for for the players we have in our in our agency, and uh, in the same time I have like some you know I take care of um, like a relationship with the players. Uh, together also with other my other colleagues, uh, but I'm like you know I'm the only one from the agency going you know on the pitch to take photos or this kind of stuff. Plus we have uh, also like uh, an agency we collaborate and they they take care of of the games of uh, all our players uh, as I can I can do like you know more than a game for day so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. so how are you uh, getting into the sports photography scene? How, is there any advice that you give to younger younger photographers? Uh, I mean, they have they must have like uh, you know some. They don't have to hurry to 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 shoot uh, after one week uh, Premier League. You know, <laughs> I think yeah, uh, yeah. I think as every job. The best would be like to start, you know, with maybe like a lower league, understanding how the, you know, how is the environment, how the games works, uh, focusing on details, trying to shoot uh, different, uh, many different aspects of the game, um, not just, you know, the actions and, you know, like the, the normal picture you see like on newspapers, which are becoming like boring uh, <laughs> somehow and plus they don't have to you know like they don't have to be scared because like the equipment also to shoot is very expensive you know but it's not that you have to buy everything in uh, you know you know for your first game probably you have to understand to shoot with uh, the material you have and uh, you know improving with that and then when you have the feeling that uh, like the cameras, the gear, the lenses you have, it's more uh, a limitation rather than, you know, like a help. And uh, and that is really impacting the, the way you work. Maybe it's a time, you know, to, to think about investing on upgrading your stuff. But like the gear should be not like your first, uh, you know, your first uh, focus. Uh, you can still shoot football with with any camera. You know, I keep shooting football with film cameras as well. You know, um, uh, just for fun. Like it, it's a way to to find the new ways of documenting and exploring what you see. And uh, you know, like you you don't need to work for for Getty like uh, all the yeah. games. You know, so more is to explore your creativity and and find new ways of. Uh, you know, storytelling. A football game can be everything, you know, it can be sport photography, uh, can be fashion photography, you know, like um, you have the players arriving before the game, you know, maybe they have, I don't know, like certain kind of shoes, maybe you can focus on that. Uh, you know, you can take portraits of them um, while they, they warm up. Uh, you 
can be much closer rather than the game. Um, you know, like you have document, you have emotions. You know, instead of maybe focusing on the on the kick, you just wait for the goal. Understanding where you have to be on the pitch for getting the the good picture. So all these things is something like if you want to start, you should focus on and uh, understanding. And obviously, like you have to to love the game because uh, you know, like as every job, if you don't like it, it's better to change. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like. Yeah. That was for me, for example, before doing football, I was doing for a few years. Like uh, I was working like fashion as well. I was doing a lot of mm-hmm. like uh, fashion backstage. Uh, you know, Milan and Paris Fashion Week and so on. And uh, probably I, I like it a lot also. It's, uh, you know, I, I, lo- I love to shoot portraits, but probably like uh, fashion was not my environment. And, uh, but I use, you know, I use that experience. I use that techniques to move that into, into football. So, you know, like everything is useful. Just find your way to, to, to be different from the others, you know. That's that's a great point as well about being different from the others because your your photography is so so like you get you get the personality across so well in your photography. Um, it feels very raw and emotional. Uh, how, how would you recommend uh, people do that or, or build up their own style or their own focus? Well, I think like uh, first you have to you know like with I think you have to document yourself. Check out uh, you know I'm watching like uh, hours of. Like uh, Instagram, I follow a lot of uh, like food, other colleagues, football photographers, and I think especially in in these re- recent years, there is like a new generation of, uh, of photographers on the pitch, which are not just focused on you know like uh, as I was saying like sport actions, which has been mostly like you know like one of the trends that probably has been running through till late. Uh, late uh, 2000 you know uh, it was like the perfect picture of you know like a, like uh, of a goal of an action you know all these kind of things that are working very well for medias or newspapers mm-hmm. the thing is also the industry has been changing a lot so newspapers in the you know in the in the way we know them the uh, they are changing a lot you know like they have big crises as well uh, also in the way that communicates or, you know, and then they spread out uh, the picture, but not just just the like the media in, in general, also like football clubs or players as well. Um, uh, you know, they are starting uh, using photos which are different, you know, uh, it's it's a lot about, uh, I was saying, like about communicating emotions showing showing a different um, different perspective of uh, of what is gonna is going on on the pitch you know um, so that's for me it's a good uh, it's a good way for for mixing different kind of photography so for me like uh, football can be very uh, uh, complementary photography as I said because uh, you can put many different styles on, on it you know you can you can have on the pitch very different photographers and you can come back with a with a very good product which has been uh, you could use for different um, uh, different uh, uh, sources you know like um, for 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 the club for the for the for the fans uh, for the players newspapers or medias as well 
now you know we have more getting more and more editorial uh, magazines you know you have to 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 narrate stories of football in a different way you know like uh, if you know soccer bible it's a good example or yeah. you know other other magazines which are really focusing on that and that, that's what i like you know it's um, that's the style i was i was really working hard to to get and uh, achieve like you know a unique way of of um, taking a picture and showing it to 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 a public in a way than uh, rather than like uh, maybe the you know 50 60 years old photographer working for the local press uh, is shooting uh, since he was like probably in his 20 you know and he's not changing the style anymore because you know that, that that's what he has been used to do for for his whole life you know and so yeah, I need I need to do something different every game because the game should be interesting as well. Sometimes it's hard, you know, when you shoot maybe 80 football games uh, during the year, it's uh, sometimes it's hard to find uh, like different aspect for each each game, especially if you you know uh, as me you you are like a club photographer, and every two weeks you know you are in the same stadium, you have the same situation. The players comes always here from the same door, uh, you know, and uh, you know the stadium like very well. So it's hard to to keep focusing on something different. But that's the way that you you come uh, you can become uh, unique, you know. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's a fantastic answer. Do you, do you think about how the game's gone and, and get the try and get that into the, the the photography as well because if it's like if it's a fast-paced game if it's a 3-0 win do you do you shoot that differently to a 0-0 draw like a boring sort of level game well uh yeah like you, sometimes you can feel uh you can feel like uh, a game it's much faster than uh, rather than others um like uh it's like the same when you watch you when you're sitting you know in the tribune uh, and you watch the game and you know you see a, like an exciting game and maybe like there is a draw no no game and you know like you feel like oh, this game is is boring uh, like recently i was shooting a serie a game uh, atalanta versus napoli which are probably at the moment the two teams which are playing the best football uh, at the moment in serie a and you could get from the first minute that uh, it was going to be like a fast game and you need to keep like uh, to be focused much more rather than than other games because like a goal could come immediately you know from a situation that uh, you would not expect so yeah so you you know like uh, the photography goes together with um, with the speed of the game as well yeah yeah how's that so, so say i looked back at that game what, what sort of techniques or what what uh, would you do anything differently in the, in the post-production how would you uh how would you show that it was a completely different game or is it all about the photos and um and the way that well in the game yeah well yes like um so i try to work with different uh with different cameras during the game in a way to show like uh you know like a situation which is super close to you or you know have the feeling that you are into the stadium so like with a with a wide lens or you know trying to like focus on like uh, expression or as i said like getting details you know like um, 
uh, everything is important is is uh, is the way you shoot uh, you shoot that uh, it can turn it uh, into an important element you know uh, you have many many aspects you can focus on uh, you can create like a, i don't know in a game you can create a gallery based on like the tattoos of the players you know or yeah, um, yeah, yeah. or like the expression of the two coaches like uh, you know shouting at the players uh, on the bench uh, sometimes they do very funny things you know um, you can focus on you know like uh, if, if you're lucky to have a goal on your side you know like all the emotions focusing one player you can shoot super close to get like super close emotions or you can you can take the same picture super wide to have the players plus the stadium as, as the background you know like um, as the games is changing fast you have to to be fast to understand which uh, which with the cameras you wanna you wanna work with you know uh, you don't have time to change lenses during the, during the game you know so you have you need to have like at least i work with three cameras so you know you have to and you don't have so much time to to decide okay uh, i'm gonna take this one you know because when you feel a goal is coming maybe you have a wide lens you are you are uh, you know focused on one player and maybe you are super close to a player you, you get the kick and then you know you have like very like uh, one second maybe to understand where it's gonna go after the goal uh, if it's coming close to you uh, and how close it's gonna come it's gonna come super close so if you have like a very long lens that is gonna be uh, um, you, you, you can't use that, you know, because the players are going to be too yeah. close. So you have to be quick and get a new camera and, you know, and, uh, and get the right one for getting what you need. And sometimes it's, it's, it's hard, you know, there are so many elements you, you have to work on. Uh, so it's uh, it's complicated. And then, yes, like, um, like focusing on the editing as well. Uh, it's a very, it's a very like long process for me, at least. Um, you know, like one difference I do, like also from some other colleagues of mine, I keep shooting everything like um, in raw files. I, you know, I want to have the best quality coming out from the cameras. Uh, um, I don't need to be like super fast as uh, like uh, as maybe Getty, you know, like so they need to have JPEG send in the, the, the quickest way as possible. Uh, in both ways, if if is Venezia or if is uh, the agency, uh, we have somebody uh, you know working on the desk, which is getting the picture you know during the game. Uh, but you know we don't have to to put online like you know 50 picture right away when the game is done. We just need to have the the good picture we need, which are useful for what we want to communicate for them. You know. So um, yeah, that's a, that's a process, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. One of my favourite things about football photography and sports photography is the fans. I absolutely love fan photography because uh, you get so many different types of people at sports events, uh, and and there's, there's some good books on uh, like, like lower league football fans and photography of them. And you get these big guys eating eating pies during a game and drinking beer, and it's it's, it's fantastic. And and you know, the hardcore hooligans and. It's some really amazing photography you can get. Yeah, yeah, you can get. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think you know. I, I love as well uh, thinking the picture of the of the fans. Um, 
especially like in you know like also the stadiums are changing a bit so they are eliminating a lot of uh, barriers uh, so you can get much more closer without having any disturbing elements connecting you with uh, with uh, with the fan base and you know like you never know what's going on uh, sometimes it's like uh, you know you can get the joy of a goal maybe you know like if you have the you have the fan base of the the, the team is scoring and maybe you are on the other side rather than shooting the you know the pitch you can just turn your head and and checking out what's going on behind you and sometimes you get you get very very cool things you know so mm. also in that in that other way it's uh, it's turning around uh, plus yeah like you know it's uh, sometimes the, the the fans are getting crazy you know the uh, like Last week I was uh, I was in Albania, for example, for a friendly game. Nice. It was uh, Albania Italy, and the two sides it was like a, like a small clash, you know. And there were some Italians taking out the belt, trying to, to fight with the with Albanian fans. And you know, like it's not things you see every day, but you know, like yeah. at least from a photography point of view, it was perfect to you know it was perfect to shoot. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And you got some beautiful photos of fans at the, the Europa League final as well. The Frankfurt fans are so well. It, 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 I guess it, it makes it quite a nice, um, quite a nice contrast between the you know, the white of all the shirts and the sky, and when it gets dark and the flares, and it's it's yeah, and the tattoos of the, of the fans as well. It's really yeah, yeah, totally. really nice. No, no, no. It's cool. Like, um, I, I, you know, as much uh, as possible when you have a good access, you just you just go for it, you know, like, uh, especially, you know, with, um, you know, with different lenses as well, you can get, you know, you can have like a super close portrait or, you know, you can get like all the fans, you know, all together because maybe they have like a big flag or, you know, or when they use the smokes, you know, like um, having colors. Um, I remember shooting um, this, uh, this summer, the Europa League final. Uh, Glasgow Rangers uh, Frankfurt yeah. and it was it was amazing you know also like before the game uh, we've been with a colleague we've been like uh, walking all around the city and get all the fans uh, crazy tattoos you know every every supporter has his own uh, history his own background uh, you know why is following the team so much why is in love with the team uh, you know they have these huge tattoos sometimes you know there was this crazy German guy had all, all his uh, back with a huge uh, Frankfurt tattoo, you know, like, and that's, that's you know, what makes, uh, like, football, like, different from other sports, probably. And, uh, you know, that's why we love them somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. No, it's just, fan culture is incredible, and trying to capture that and convey it to someone that isn't in the, isn't in the culture or doesn't like football is... Is a is a tricky thing, but it's um yeah, I mean, it's so rewarding. If, if you know, as myself, who loves football and it is in the culture of of football, I love seeing that sort of photography. And um, but speaking to my wife about football, it's it's very different, very different perspective on on the whole game on how much it means to the individual as well, which is uh, very interesting. How, how people can have such such crazy contrast and perspectives, but uh, yeah, the World Cup will hopefully help. Uh, I hope my, my partner understand how big it is and how globally massive football is. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, this year we have a very strange uh, football <laughs> workup. So, yeah, uh, a lot of things in and out of the pitch, you know, are spreading out. So, mm-hmm. also we live in difficult times. So, hopefully, somehow the sport can help. Uh, you know, not just in the in the in the money way, but like at least to communicate, uh, you know, different uh, things all around. Uh, I know it's very hard, uh, you know, like, uh, I know, like, especially in football, like, money, you know, it's it's probably the first things that is running all the all the joy in the business. But, you know, we, we try to keep, you know, as much as unique as possible. Uh, and, and we should use as way to communicate um, very important messages and see how, how deep they can be spread, you know, like... Uh, Sounds a bit uh, hypocrite somehow, you know, because we know like uh, it, football can be could be much much more better than uh, than how it's managed at the moment. But you know, like one day maybe it's gonna change. Probably not, but you know, we still have some hope. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people, a lot of hope. So fingers crossed. But uh, but I guess I guess it maybe maybe it's down to teams like Venezia and smaller teams around the world to come up with a uh, different vision and see things differently and then you know hopefully grow and then they become the leaders you know maybe maybe that's the way to go yeah maybe like you know so so the first things for me it's like you know like we we are the team of the city so for me it's important uh, it's okay it's important to have like you know like um, like a crowd uh, like international uh, crowd or international fan base, but I think one of the main goals also is like um, really taking care of your community and be as close as possible to your community because at the end of the day, you know, those are the people which are coming to the stadium to see and support you, you know. Um, it's useful to have like, you know, like a hundred of thousand of like uh, virtual supporter uh, around the world uh, if the stadium is uh, is not full and uh, you know that that's that's the first that's the first things you know like so I hope uh, you know like things can can change but can change should be should be changing like in like step by step you know and then it's cool because obviously like Venice um, for example is like an international city even if it's super small you know we are less less than 50 uh, 50,000 people living here uh, but you know like we have so many tourists so many visitors um, we have so many, like we have tourists coming to see the games, you know, like, uh, uh, and and it's very interesting to see how people also like they work in football, they come to see, uh, they come to see the game here because they have like some curiosity. Recently, I had like a friend of mine, uh, he works for Chelsea, uh, you know, he wanted to see everything here to understand, you know, like uh, for sure it's a different vibe from uh, you know Sanford Bridge. Or like a month ago, like it was here on holiday, a guy working for West Ham, you know, also super excited to see our, you know, our environment. Uh, you know, the, the stadium here is literally like on the water. So you, you, you come yeah, to the stadium sure walking will. or you come by boat, you know, and that's also like a unique element from the city. So it's, uh, it's something, you know, like the community, the local community I, I have to protect. And uh, every small football club had to find his own way to be unique 
and uh, you know taking care of the community and spread out uh, the way they work outside for me that's the the best combination you can get you know yeah i love that yeah that's fantastic well getting to the match by boat is uh not something that many teams can have so that's crazy yeah well like the teams they are not so happy to come to come here you know it's very it's much more complicated (laughs) especially the warehouse managers you know they have to put everything on a boat and then arriving here and then from the boats you know with a trolley with all the things you know the shoes the, the whatever the players needs they have to be hands <laughs> and taken into the stadium so yeah it's not an easy easy away game you know but also for yeah. us because also you know like um, um, our offices and uh, the training center is in uh, in the homeland so every time uh, you know i think our the people working uh, for for the match day is like going uh, going away as well you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, it's a lot of effort that. Um, yeah, we just have to take the underground to any match here in London, so it's okay. But no water involved, yeah. hopefully. Um, <laughs> if, you, if there's water involved going to a match in London, you, you've fallen into the Thames, I think. Yeah, but, uh, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, so well, the, the, it's crazy what's happened with them over the last couple of years, right? With the, the global support, the global awareness of the club. Right. So as, as you see, it went from a Serie C team, like a League Three team, and now they're in the second division. But their kits are being sold all over the world. The rebrands had a huge. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Well, I think we had like a big uh, exposure last year uh, because uh, we got promoted to Serie A. Uh, so we had one year in Serie A, but uh, the team didn't perform enough to to stay to stay in the like Serie A. So this year. Yeah. You know, we went back to Serbia, struggling at the moment, but hopefully the, the team is rising up again. And um, yeah, so I think, you know, like it's a good, as, as I said, it's it's a good uh, combination because the city has, is uh, internationally recognized and this uh, element helps a lot to us, you know, to spread out uh, the voice. Everyone knows where is Venice, you know, maybe once in their life they've been here visiting. So that uh, obviously helps for uh, spreading out not just uh, you know not just the the, the club but the, the the name of the city as well you know so yeah. that's a good uh, good point yeah yeah uh, the, the rebrand I think it was fantastic I'm not sure what, what do you think of the rebrand no no it's cool like uh, you know like uh, uh, this this ownership has been uh, pretty clear that wanted to expand the the name of the the club outside, you know, and uh, it, it works very well because everyone has been speaking a lot about, you know, the jerseys and, uh, uh, you know, like the, the what the club is uh, is doing on, uh, you know, on the communication side, uh, mostly focused on, on, you know, the jerseys, which has been pretty unique rather than other clubs. Um, you know, like they change it between like the, probably two standard like Nike jerseys, um, which are, you know, like sometimes they are the same. In, they, have, they are dressing also almost the same jersey in different uh, countries, you know, and yeah, yeah. just trying to be unique, you know, and uh, that's a way that uh, like uh, people around uh, which are like, uh, you know, like jerseys, football lovers that will uh, they will enjoy most. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have you uh, 
have you had any direction from the club about it, the club being a, a fashion first uh, or, or like a, being viewed in a certain lens? Like, is, is the club trying to sit next to, you know, like the Armani's or the or the, the fashion brands? You know, are they are they wanting to go down that route eventually? Because you know, the website reflects it, the new crest reflects it. Yeah, the total uh, in sense I don't know sense. that. I don't know. Maybe that's a good question for our brand manager rather than yeah. myself. <laughs> so yeah, well, I, yeah. I mean, it's fantastic stuff. It looks fantastic, all of it. But uh, I just I was just interested in the yeah in the inside behind it. But yeah, yeah. maybe I'll get them on and ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I will not take a responsibility to to answer for him. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, was it, tell me about your, uh, your work with Chelsea as well, about the uh, the Club World Cup, because that was fantastic. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, so we I got in touch with Chelsea last year, and uh, you know we, we were thinking about doing something together, and then comes up the the opportunity for uh, for the Club World Cup, and you know I was uh, I was lucky enough because at the time like uh, there was still some you know COVID limitations. So they they find out that the the wall media team and the photographer they they had to be closed inside the hotel with the players they could not get out you know there was this uh, COVID bubble so they but they would need somebody to document a bit what's going on also outside um, so for me it was rather you know like showing some football elements of the city of Abu Dhabi. Uh, so I was working around the city, like trying to get some football vibe in, in the city. And then, you know, we have been working on like um, all the fans and the supporters coming all over the world to see the, the game. Uh, so it was a lot of photography before the game, uh, showing what, you know, like all the fan engagement activities which uh, the Chelsea has been um, uh, working on. Uh, plus, you know, shooting the game. But, you know, as I, as I told you, like... Probably I work in a very different way there rather than like the Chelsea club photographer. And I think they were looking for having like a good mix of, you know, different uh, styles for documenting that, that event, which uh, I was lucky enough, you know, to to get like the, the winner, the winner team. So um, when, you, when you win a trophy, you know, it's not happening so much during the year. Uh, it's always like a very, very cool event to document. Uh, there are so many things going on, you know, like uh, the ceremonies, the players with the cup, you know, the all the joy you know, winning on the pitch. Uh, you know, like uh, Chelsea won like uh, last last uh, second, uh, the, you know, with a penalty. And I was lucky enough like to be on the right side for, you know, for uh, uh, when uh, I think uh, Kai shot like the the penalty. And he went to my side because it's where there were most of the also like Chelsea fans they were there. So it was uh, you know it was a uh, it was a good vibe. Uh, I think with Chelsea we are we have you know a good relationship still. We get in touch. So hopefully something new comes out. And um, yeah, so it was a perfect week. You know I went to Dubai as well. There was an event. Uh, uh, with Peter Czech, you know, and, um, and the clubs, uh, like Chelsea clubs, they were um, they were in uh, in the Emirates. So you know, it's, it was like a good things of of, uh, of different situation to shoot. So it's not like just sports, you know. It's like an event, it's portraits, 
is a motion, is a documentary, is a reportage, is a bit arty, you know, like mm. um, football gives you a lot of different uh, possible angles for a, for a photographer. So that's why I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, yeah, when Liverpool won it in 2019, some Liverpool fan uh, when Liverpool okay. won it in 2019, uh, it's just it's wicked. I mean, it's such a cool, such a cool uh, trophy to win. I mean, it must have been amazing being there as well. I mean, I know it's not your team, but been the yeah. and yeah, fantastic event. Um, do you ever do you ever one, like one photo that you think, oh wow, that's 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 my favourite photo I've ever taken? Oh, yeah, that's a that's a very hard question. <laughs> yeah, <I bet. laughs> because we take so many that you know, like uh, I don't know. Yeah. No, I would. It's, yeah, it's it, it's impossible, probably. Yeah, <laughs> it's impossible, probably. Like you know, uh, I mean, um, I have some picture. You know, when uh, when with Venezia we got promoted from Serie B to Serie A. Probably it's not like just one photography, but it was like in general the, the you know the, the situation, you know, is the situation yeah. to to be there, to be on the pitch, you know, and to be with with the players, and you know like you are just not taking taking a picture of the of the victory of the playoff, but it's like celebrating with them, you know, because you are part of that. That's uh, the that's the side I enjoy also to be to work for a club, you know. Uh, you know, you, you you get everything. You get the, you know, you get the joy of winning the game, and you get all the sadness and depression when when they lose. You know, so it's uh, it's one package all together. You know, you, you get the the whole thing. Hundred percent, yeah, absolutely. It's been it's been really really interesting. Thank you. And uh, so we've got the last couple of questions that we yeah. chat with people, uh, and when I bring them on the podcast, I talk talk to them about. So. The, do you have any uh, final advice to young photographers or, or designers or creatives um, that you would you would give to them? Well, younger photographers, as I said, like uh, start from like lower division, uh, keep keep shooting, uh, you know, like don't give up. It's it's like uh, I think it's in general for any anyone that wants to start as photographer. It's not a it's not an easy thing, uh, you know, like especially at the beginning, uh, you get low paid or probably don't get paid at all. And, you know, but if you feel like it's what you really want to do, just just keep pushing, uh, try to work as much as possible. Um, every opportunity is an opportunity. So jump it and, you know, like uh, and and then think about like, you know, like what you can do different from the others, you know, like. Uh, uh, for example, for me, like when I started, you know, I started from like third division, then uh, Serie B second division, and then you know, obviously, like you know, you want to you want to shoot Serie A, you know, as well, you know. But then, like you need you need to have some experience. So, for example, for me, a good way to start like doing steps was going to like under 21. Uh, Italian national team games, you know. Mm. Uh, there are not so many photographers. Uh, there are not so many photographers. Um, the stadiums are not huge, but still like a Serie A stadium. And, you know, and you get like, uh, you, you might get some like famous player, you know, they just need to wait and see where, where they go. And I started to have like very good relationship uh, because I was starting with the other 21. Uh, and usually there, there are not so many photographers, you know. So if you are the, if you are able to shoot different from the others, 
you will get something that other photographers they don't have and somebody is gonna look for for what you have been shooting you know um at the time you know like there were i don't know players uh, not so famous you know like um i don't know it's uh, they were like, I don't know, uh, um, Federico Chiesa, for example, from Juventus, or uh, Amaretti's goalkeeper from Napoli, or, uh, you know, Barella, or Zaniolo, or, you know, which are now like playing or for the national team, you know, they play Inter, Juventus, uh, Milan, and, you know, and at that time they were like young players, you know, like uh, there was not so much pressure and, you know, not so much attention to them, even even if they were like you know young promising players, and uh, you know, uh, so I know since since those years, and I and I use that to to get more experience to to experiment, you know, uh, without having the stress of delivering something immediately. Um, so that's a good start, you know, and then you can you can try increase. Uh, do a lot of you know your own PR. Use social media as much as possible. Um, send out, uh, you know, a lot of mails. <laughs> That's uh, 50% of the job is uh, is uh, sending out mails, you know, correspondence. 30% of the job is, uh, you know, sending the invoice, trying to get paid. <laughs> and probably like the rest is, is shooting, you know. So, yeah. So that's the, the business. <laughs> so, yeah. um, whose work, who's work are you looking at at the moment? Whose work do you really enjoy looking at? Uh, other photographers, you mean? Yeah, well, the, the, yeah. there are a few photographers, as I mentioned, uh, and more or less we know we know all each other by by Instagram, you know. And uh, um, there is a French photographer, uh, Scott. He's a photographer from uh, Lille, uh, so he's uh, he's doing very very cool job. And um, there is a German photographer. Uh, he's uh, working for uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, Max, yeah. which is doing uh, like crazy stuff, and another photographer, which now is uh, is the team photographer of Germany. Uh, so obviously, like uh, he's in uh, in Qatar at the moment, is uh, also shooting very different from others. He's uh, you know he's a Leica ambassador. Um, another very very good photographer is uh, in uh, in in Switzerland. He works for Basel. So th- these are the photographers for me are like, you know, the the, the good one to follow. But th- there are so many, you know. Uh, so, yeah, just, you know, like I have, I know what I like and, you know, um, it's cool to see, uh, especially on social media, like a uh, community into the community of photographers who shoot like more editorial rather than sports, you know. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I'll try and check a few of those people out as well. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. I can give you all the contacts. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, it'd be good to, to see their work. Um, so the last question on this podcast is usually, what's your best purchase under a hundred dollars ever? <laughs> My purchase on the, I don't know, probably, um, probably like a camera I bought maybe I don't know, it's like uh, 15 years ago. Uh, it's like a, you know this one point and shoot cameras is a contacts camera and and now I don't uh, I, I didn't understand well like uh, all the all the hype process 
but now you you see online the same camera I bought for maybe hundreds, you know, hundred dollars, but hundred euros. Uh, now it's like cost like a thousand, you know. There there is like a super hype <laughs> on that yeah. because uh, a lot of influencer or I don't know, it was on a movie or I can't remember, use that. And now like you know a camera which you, which at the time like it, it was a good one, but like you know something you keep. I was using it for for fun. It becomes like like uh, you know something professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Um, so where, where can people find your work and uh, see your portfolio? Say hello to you. Uh, well, you know, like I think on Google <laughs> probably not. <laughs> like just just put in my name on Google. Like uh, there is my my Instagram. Uh, you can just write my name, Giacomo Cosua. And uh, as well, my website is giacomocoswa.com. So yeah, it's, uh, I'm lucky because there are not there are very very few Italians with my surname, so it comes out straight straight out of uh, of the, the Google. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, I'll leave those links in the description as well. Um, definitely Very recommend cool. these listeners to go and check that out. Uh, well, yeah, thank you very much for doing this podcast. It's been it's been really good to get some insight into that. Um, yeah, no problem. Yeah, Thanks nice. for inviting me. <laughs> nice one. And stop the recording. Okay. Sweet. Thank you so much for doing this. Really yeah, no problem. It. Yeah.